stop goal! And... It's over! They've done it! Evans has done it! Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Woods Four Quarters, a Harlequins podcast. It's not going to be all doom and gloom this week. We refuse. I'm joined by my cousin Michael, who might provide a little bit of doom and gloom, but we promise we're going to make this an enjoyable 30 minutes and you can share our pain and also our blind optimism as we look forward to this weekend. (laughs) Mike, how are you doing, dare I ask? Yeah, I'm pretty upset. (laughs) (laughs) Um, oh, that sucked. Yeah, I spent all week getting. I just, I, I got quite emotional about it all week, and I think you did. And I was following from afar. I've been away yeah. this week, and I could every now and again I'd get a message from you with sort of a countdown clock into the <laughs> game, and sort of bashing Saris left, right, and centre, getting involved in spats with the Saris fan podcast. Yeah, on I know. And I'm away in the background thinking. Ah, I don't oh, see anything no. that might come back to bite us. I, I, I don't think I did. I just, well, maybe just privately between ourselves, there's plenty that I said that was that was going to come back and haunt us. But I think on Twitter and everything else, fairly, fairly friendly. But yeah, I, pretty flat, mate. After Saturday, like it's one of the most disappointing afternoons I've had sitting in that south stand with the boys. But yeah, you know, it's 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 not all doom and gloom. We've still got a long time left to go in the season, and we've got some other fun things to talk about. So let's get cracking into well, that. Well, that's it, isn't it? We're yeah. so conflicted. Like it's just one game. It's eighty minutes out of an entire season that we can just discard and put in the bin. But equally, it was so bad, really bad, and we were all together, yeah. completely packed out stoop. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Like, it, it, yes, we set up the stoop all the time, but you get a couple of empty seats last minute. I think they were saying that. That's probably a record attendance, and yeah. we have very little to cheer about. Anyway, we'll come around to that later yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, prom- I, I promise I'll perk up a little bit, I swear. We'll kick off with um, Queen's Amateurs, because we won this Here week. we go. Come, come on, on, the boys. Come yeah, on. I had to hot-foot it to the stoop. So I actually, I've had a bit of a week. I've been away in India this week with work, um, which is the first time I've ever been there. I'm currently sat here in an Indian cricket shirt. Because it's a beautiful shirt, the new Adidas one with the sort of the tri-colours on the shoulders. Absolutely love it. First time there, completely eye-opening, just utter chaos everywhere. There's a ridiculous amount of people. I think the population's 1.4 billion, which is insane. And I think the population of Mumbai, I might be misquoted here, I think is about 33 million. that's That's half of England in one city. And you could tell there's just hundreds of people on the street at all times. It was crazy. Is it as mad as it looks? Yeah, especially it, like the it's atmosphere. Just bedlam, mate. It's quite stressful, actually. <laughs> it's quite stressful, but also it was for the cricket world cup, so yeah. everyone there was kind of ecstatic and excited. Um, and it was the semi final which they went on to win. Um, so it was a great time uh, to be out there. Probably good there. You're not this weekend, no. Given well, what yeah, we sit here now as they've just been just well been beaten, battered well, by well beaten. It was a bit of a Saris v Quinns kind of yeah, display, yeah, wasn't it? There we say it. We don't want to make that a thing. Um, But I got back sort of Friday morning, had a day of working from home, trying to sort of recover and reset the body clock and get some proper food in me again to try and get myself conditioned for Saturday's game. So I was, I've had better prep weeks than the week I've had this week. (laughs) Let's let's get that. Have you you still been to a training session yet this season? No, mate, I just can't. (laughs) I can't. I don't finish work till six and training's at seven and it's in Staines and I work in central London. Make oh, it make sense. So alpha. I know I'll just roll out on a Saturday from Playboys. I don't d- need to I don't need to train. I just roll <laughs> roll out and bury people, mate. 
<laughs> we um we didn't have our VO this week, but the opposition team did, and there's a good shot directly in front of the VO of me burying the opposite twelve. So I'm hoping we can get hold of it. But given that we beat them thirty four five, I can't imagine they're going to be giving us the footage. Not going to be sharing um, much, are they? Yeah. No, it was um it was a very comfortable win. Um, unfortunately, there was a few of those this weekend, not all in our favour. So However, what about your uh, what about your pregame on the route to the stoop then post game? I didn't even have time to shower. I was going to come off after sixty minutes and sort of hot-foot it to London Road Station. We were playing away at Guildfordians. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we had a player drop out before the game, so immediately we were one player down. Perfect. We then had an injury to our 10 after about 15, 20 minutes, so I then had to slot in at 10. I hate playing 10. There's nothing worse than playing 10 at grassroots rugby because you don't (laughs) really do a lot. You've just got to control the game and tell people where to go. And I'd much rather just get involved. So I didn't particularly enjoy it, but I ended up having to play pretty much for Lady and then before I sprinted off to the changing rooms. Just changed my outfit. Got an Uber in the end because I'd missed my train and had to spend 40 quid on an Uber to come and watch Quinns get slapped up at the stoop, which is one of my biggest regrets of the weekend. You must have had some pretty tasty deodorant on because I was sitting next to you and I, I couldn't smell you. <laughs> yeah, I put some deodorant on just for you, mate. Thanks, mate. But and no, our friend that sits next to us. That's... um. That's an expensive Uber from Guildford over to I know. Twickenham to then get slapped up. It? it was the only way I was going to make it in time. And to be honest, at this point, I'm I'm super excited because I'm thinking we've got a real shot at beating Saracens. I think it's probably yeah. our best chance in a long time. We're going well with a home side, with a form side. And um, they were none of those things. And we had a full strength side out on paper, I would say, bar maybe one or two. Um, Should we talk about some well, selection? I thought, I thought it'd be worth the £40 investment and it, it didn't turn out that way. Let's talk about a win in the professional setup. Oh, Harlequin's women's side kicked off their domestic campaign with a win away at Trailfinders, a squad that's got quite a few former Harlequins in their setup and one of the newer sides in the league. 22 17 on the road, off to a winning start. Yeah, Ella Amory, Ellie Green, and Abby Dow, three of their three of their backs all playing for Trailfinders. Um, Ellie Green having recently gone to Trailfinders after the downfall of the Worcester women's setup, but found herself at home in Ealing. And we had you know, plenty to look forward to in our starting side. Connie Powell returning from England duty, Shauna Brown back in the front row, Caitlin Leaney back from the WXV series down in the Southern Hemisphere, the Robinson sisters at seven and nine, Rachel Burford with a new one-year contract this week, one more yeah. trip around the sun in a, in a Quinn yeah. shirt for her. One well, more year. And of course, Eddie Kildun in the Women's World 15 of the Year. So plenty to scream and shout about and good to get a win on the road. Nice to win away from home. Have you been to Ealing before? I, I've played a couple of times there when I was in the junior setup of my home club, Turing. We used to play Ealing quite a bit. So, um, And I actually went there over the summer for turf games. Had a couple of mates competing in turf yeah, games. Yeah, I remember you doing that, actually. Good little, good little setup, actually. I've, I've been there a few times with work and it's on like a weird sort of slope it's a bit like the lord slope it all sort of pans down onto one side towards the mate don't talk to me about slopes after what we played on this weekend it was the same as last year whenever we go away to guildfordians i'm not even exaggerating when i say the slope of the pitch is about 30 degrees (laughs) last year when we played them we were 15 nil down at half time because they were going downhill in the first half we managed to win the second half 17 nil so we won the game 17 15 (laughs) this year was a bit different we went uphill in the first half and we actually managed to edge a lead 7-5 7-5 at half time and then we just absolutely crucified them in the second half went on to win 34-5 so there is nothing worse than having to play uphill in a grassroots rugby game when fitness is all that matters and all of us have none of that 
Um, but yeah, good little ground dealing and a tough place to go, actually. Yeah. Um, so it's a good, good first win. They're a bit of an unknown, I would say, because they're yeah. new. And I think just given the nature of what trail finders are, there's obviously going to be a little bit of money floating about. I've got no idea what sort of wage bill they're on and all that sort of stuff. Something... Right. Also, they're not called Ealing, are they? I think we they're spoke just, just trail finders. In the previous episode. So yeah. that must be a sign of money because trail finders is the business, right? Trail so... finders is the business end of it. Yeah. So you'd think so. But, you know, around the league, Bristol Bears 48, South Sharks women five. That's pretty one sided. Pretty one sided. They get Saracens as well, beating Loughborough Lightning 48 7, and then obviously the win down at Trail Finders. So, no game for Worcester and Gloucester Heartbreed. That was postponed. So, yeah, not a bad start to life. Well, it's, it's like any league, isn't it? Win away from home, and you're, you're going to be in a good position, aren't you? So, give yourself half a chance. Home wins are non negotiable, unfortunately. I'm going to keep referencing it throughout the episode. Unfortunately, we didn't get a home win this weekend on the men's side, no. but we did get an away win, and it was a derby win, a proper derby win, yeah. a West London derby a West, win. A proper West London derby. Proper West London derby. <laughs> Just to really so we'll take that. We'll take really that. Drive a win that for the Ams in. and a win for the women. Yeah. Shall we talk about the boys then? Yeah, but let's start off with London Scottish. <laughs> oh, no. We gloss over them every week. They're they're a part of our brand now. No, we should we should discuss them a little bit more. I'm sure there's plenty of benefits to London Scottish behind the scenes, but all I'm seeing is them getting well beaten every single week, and unfortunately, it mirrored our our men's Harlequin side this week. Harlequins lost to Saracens, thirty eight ten. I think the final score between London Scottish and Amptill, who is the Saracens feeder team, was thirty six ten. You look yeah. like you're looking at it on your phone. It was. Yeah, I'm trying to find it, yeah. Slightly less humiliating for them, but still largely the same. Is that a coincidence? Coincidence that their setup and our setup have had very similar results? Is this partnership working? Do we need to get into it right now? Do we need to give it more time to see how it blossoms? It's good that our players are getting minutes, but they're part of a losing culture week in, week out, and I don't want that as part of our Harlequins brand. There's plenty of... Quinn's DNA running. I say DNA might be the wrong term, but there's plenty of Quinn's personnel running through that Scottish side at the minute. That's what I mean. Simon Simon Kerridge starting at tight head. Will Trenome at six. Connor Slevin at ten. Cassius Cleves at eleven. It's a good team. Jack Trenome scored as well, didn't he? Yeah, Jack Musk on the bench. Lewis Jouter on the bench. Cam Anderson on the bench. Oh, it's a proper team. There's plenty there, isn't it? Ben Waghorn, who's a who's a Quinn's boy at thirteen as well. Yeah. And they were at home, weren't they? At so they home, at on a, home on a Friday night. Yeah. How, how, what's going wrong? That team shouldn't be losing. I don't quite know how you quantify it, but it's just not going well. And I, 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 we've had this conversation over the last couple of years where it's, since it's been going, you know, the guys that are going back and playing the rugby there, which is great, and keeping guys with minutes under their belts and match, you know, fitness and all that sort of stuff but unfortunately every time they these boys seem to go back they're 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 going into a, a losing a losing setup and it's probably very difficult for someone like Joe Gray who's the head coach to regularly get training to a level as to where it should be with guys constantly coming in and out of the squad but you just think with that much quality I suppose is the right word in your side you'd hope for a few better results I know they're young players a lot of them in that, but... in that case why don't you just merge training I know Scottish don't train every day like Quinns do because they've not got that professional setup 
you're talking. You're, they you're, they you're probably talk, train twice a week, don't they? Two or three two, times. Two or three times, maybe. Yeah, but you're, you're so when they do talking. train, why don't they train with Quins? Or is it because Quins were probably training the day and they've all got jobs and they can only train in the evenings? I mean, would you want to, if you were Alex Donbrandt and Marcus Smith and Danny Kerr, would you want a load of part timers coming up from Scottish come and ruin your training session? I wouldn't mind running as a fifteen against them. It'd be a good <laughs> confidence boost, wouldn't it? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know. It just seemed. I don't know. We 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 talk about it quite a lot internally. You just wonder, are we getting everything out of it that we should be getting out of it in terms of player development and giving guys experience and match time and fitness and all that sort of stuff. But that's all well and good. But if they, if every time they're going back there, they're getting beat. Maybe it's maybe it's not not offering what we wanted to offer. Yeah. Well, it is early days. We'll see how it develops. But I do think I need to check the calendar actually because usually Rich from the Scottish play. At the RAG on Christmas Eve, which is usually quite a good, quite a good evening out. Well, Richmond got relegated, didn't they? So if they do it this year, it'll just be a friendly, I imagine. Oh, of course, yeah. Maybe they'll do. Maybe they'll be a New Year's Eve one down at Scottish. I wonder, wonder if they'll be playing that night. If they do, I usually go down. It's usually quite a good laugh. And then yeah, you... I, I, I wouldn't mind going down to a game if it's littered with Quins lads. I just hope it's something to enjoy because nothing suggested it will be. No, I know. I mean, the beers are reasonable. Um, yeah. yeah. Anyway, speaking of things that we might not necessarily, right, not necessarily yeah, we, enjoy. We put it off long enough. Yeah, I know. Okay. If you're still <laughs> um, with us in this episode, thanks. We're going to get more... really miserable now. <laughs> how much but... more can we talk about before we have to talk about it? Let, yeah, let's not dwell on it for too long. I think it's one of those days, and it's one of those really dark days that's made worse by the fact that it's against your arch rival. And I also think that we almost bill it too much. We bill it up far too much. I don't think Saracens particularly care about playing Harlequins. It's just another match day for them. Yes, the win is much sweeter for them, but their players just rock up and play rugby and they've become our bogey team. I think we almost care too much. I think we're overthinking. It looked like we were short of ideas on the day and it looked like they were just imperious in every single element. At the line-out, they were dominant. With ball in hand, they were dominant. They cut us open four or five times it didn't matter if they had a couple of dropouts before the game. And it, even of their scale of Ben Earl and Elliot Daly. Yeah. And they're still missing other superstars as well. I think as a unit and as an operating rugby machine, unfortunately, they are just very, very good. It pains me to say it, but they are very, very good. And they were very good on the day. I don't think we helped ourselves. I think we saw a little bit of the John Kingston era, dare I say, where we were out of ideas very quickly. We looked a little bit softer. We were falling off tackles a little bit more. And I think after the second try, I could see our heads had dropped and I started to fear for the worst. I don't know about that, but maybe you saw something different to me. Yeah, it was different, wasn't it? I think Saris must have won the toss because we were attacking the North Stand in the first half, whereas it's usually the South Stand that gets attacked in the first half. So when we were conceding tries, we were stood under our own posts and you could kind of see the lads were a little bit deflated or... They didn't look comfortable. They looked a little bit stressed that they were in a position of two tries down and we hadn't fired a shot. And we looked out of ideas at that point already. And bear in mind, this is about half an hour into the game because for the first 20 minutes, it was fairly even. Pretty deadlock, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty deadlock. I think the thing that makes it so disappointing for me is that this is the strongest squad we've had in an incredibly long time. We've got incredible coaches that know what they're doing and work together incredibly well. We've just come off a five-point win away at Leicester. Yeah. With four wins and one defeat. And that one defeat, I think, can be argued, should have been a win. Yeah. We're the home side. We're the form side. We've won four in a row. Yes, they've won three in a row, but we won more. We're the form side. 
And we're probably better man for man on paper, I would say. If you're looking across the two lineups, I would say you'd have more Harlequins in your starting 15 than Saracens on the day. But it just goes to show it's not about one-to-one head-to-heads. It's about a rugby machine, an operating machine working cohesively. And they were awesome. They were awesome. Just it's so it's so annoying it. Yeah. Because they just do it and they just the one that got away. And I bet there's a few Saracens fans that are listening that listening to this out of for, for nothing more than pleasure. Oh, look at the Quinns boys moaning how bad we are. Shut up. But no, I'm joking. Um it, it may it was so disappointing. And you're right, it, it was deadlocked for the first 15 minutes. Marcus missed that early kick at goal, which I don't know if you maybe you can you can call it a, a sign of the times or a sign of things to come. But you know, nine times out of ten, I think maybe at home we against other sides, we'd have kicked it to the corner there and gone for five, but we didn't. Marcus misses the kick, and then he just think, okay, you know, we need to we need to you know, get a foothold in the game again. The time of it that really really killed it for me was just into the second half and we're 19-3 down and we hadn't really got going and we had a spell of sustained pressure right in front of like the post right in front of us in on the south stand we had two penalty advantages and I'm not bagging Nick David here but twice the ball went to him and twice he knocked the ball on in contact there was one scrum penalty one offside penalty we had five and I've, I watched it again this afternoon I watched the full sort of 50 minute extended highlights we had five or six minutes of properly. Why'd you do that to yourself? Well, because I'm trying to be a diligent podcaster, where I, you know, give myself a second view of the game and see if I miss I'm anything. I'm talking purely from emotion as opposed. I know, I know. But, you know Although this... I do have the statistics in front of me. Would you like to hear some? Not yet. No, but we do, we do, we just had that spell of pressure. Where we just, if we just scored there and gone to nineteen ten, you think right? Okay, come on then. You know, but we just didn't, and we didn't. We didn't look like going near. They absolutely hammered us at rolling mall time. And twice we, they, they went up in front of our own five-meter line. And we didn't compete at the lineup because you're worried about not having men on the ground to defend it. But both times, they just operate so cleanly. I thought Marrow was fairly world-class as well. He was, like, special all day. And I um I thought their standout player was Andy Christie. I thought yeah, he was, he was excellent. Top top game, and he um and it's even he worse. Was, he, was, he was one of many line breaks. Actually, I think that was a a telling tale. Was that in the first half? I think they made three clean breaks, and it we did well to stop them in the end. But they scored from subsequent phases. And I mean, I'm going to read you some of those stats now. They made thirteen clean breaks. How many did we make? We made five. Cool. <laughs> Think about a clean break in a game of rugby. Immediately, you're on the front foot. Everybody. Clean, uh, when, where did our clean breaks come from? You can actually think of any. Was there, it was one with Marcus where he taps and went in the second half. Tyrone, maybe one, maybe one down the right hand side. Yeah, but yeah, again, they didn't. Nothing. Tyrone. It didn't ever come to anything, did it? No, that's the problem. Go on, read me, read, me some, read me some more miserable stats. Go on. Yeah, well, whilst their clean breaks didn't lead to immediate tries, they often led to penalties, which they then put into the yeah. corner, and their lineout was just imperious. Yeah. And, it was. Um, that was the most disappointing thing, I think, for us, was the line-out has been operating so well. We've got Danny Wilson coming in and and fixing that for us. But I do wonder if Jack Walker coming in without any pre-season and making his first start of the season might have been a little bit of a, a curveball for the line-out, whereas Maybe. Sam Barley's been going pretty well, I would say, and one I probably would have kept in purely for that reason alone. But... Yeah, well, that's what that's what Joe and I said on the podcast last week. But then I actually had a bit of a change of heart during the week, and I thought, 
you know what? Racker's got a point to prove up against Jamie George. And this is and that's sort of why why I had to change the heart during the week. I thought actually no, if if if, if Walker's gonna start, well, if he's gonna play, I think he had to start because you know you've got your two international hookers going up against each other. And I know that Jack's had limited time in international rugby and has been to the World Cup and hasn't played, etc. But if you're gonna beat them at home, you've got to play your best stars. And the only if, if he's still lacking a little bit of that match fitness, he's only got to go through 45, 50 minutes, which has actually ended up the rough sort of time he played. Yeah. And it's not I'm not digging Jack, not digging Jack Walker at all. I love Jack Walker. Uh, but... And and to be honest, nobody we talk about is going to have a glowing review in this week's episode. So no. I don't think we can say we're bashing anybody. It was just a poor squad effort in the end. Yeah. One final stat that I'll read out to you, which is also quite telling. Turnovers conceded. Oh, yes. Um, okay, so I think we probably made two, maybe three turnovers during the game. Three I'm going for. No, we, as a side, conceded 13 turnovers. They robbed the ball of us 13 times. Not not necessarily always robbed, but it might be knock yeah, off. Yeah. It might be spilling the ball or it might be stripped in the tackle or jackaled at the breakdown. 13 times we had possession and we coughed it up. And how many times did we turn them over? We won 10 turnovers. Really? Yeah, uh, yeah. We won 10 turnovers. Jesus. I don't remember. I barely remember seeing them. Yeah, but I Do mean, you know one of the other things the that turnovers conceded statistics based on is like team yeah, error, yeah, 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 which is like 13 handling errors basically is what that means, and that's just not good enough. Do you know one of the slightly disappointing things I, I spotted again when I watched it this afternoon? Do you remember that try we scored at big game when Marcus just dinked the ball over the top over the top of their line and Andre, Andre collected through. it? Yeah, yes, yeah. I do. We had yeah. three, or four, three or four of those kicks yesterday where we'd slightly run out of momentum during the time we had the ball and we someone's just tried to knock a kick over the top or maybe a little bit from deep and every single time there was someone sweeping it up yeah and our kick chase was poor as well there was i think it was a lack of intent all day we didn't look particularly aggressive we didn't do anything with great intensity whether that be tackling whether that be kick chasing whether it be a sort of potency in our attack I just think we're a bit lacklustre. And one of the Saracens fans actually said on Twitter that we just looked a little bit tired. We looked like we were low on energy as a team. And I don't know if that's the pressure of Saracens and whether that's part of the psychological battle that goes into it or whether that's an away day at Leicester sort of coming back to bite us a little bit and having to play Saracens the week after is always going to be hard. But every game's hard in the Premiership. Apparently, yeah. apparently Saracens missed more tackles during than we than, than we did. Twenty three missed tackles for Saracens, twenty for us. The thing is, though, in context, a missed tackle might be you get a meter further and then you get a covering tackle, whereas our missed tackles led to about fifteen meters of gain for them because mm. they were constantly cutting us through. Anyway, I, I'm done with being miserable. To be honest, I think it's one of those ones where what do you do now if you're the coaches? Do you address anything from that game? I think you probably look out, line out defence because that was a real worry. Yeah. But aside from that, I think you've just got to put the rest in the bin. Look at this game more broadly than just an 80 minute game. Look at it in the context of the season. We've now played six. We've won four of those games and we've lost twice. That is the first defeat I can honestly say that we deserved. So. Take of that what you will. We're in a good position. We're fifth in the league, level on points with fourth and third. The next two weeks before Europe cannot be bigger. Get two results out of Saints away on Friday night and then sail at home the following Friday night. 
And I think all is forgiven. I think that's redeemed, right? Ultimately, yeah. it doesn't matter how you win. It doesn't matter how you lose. We could have lost by one point. We could have lost by 28 points as we did. <laughs> Losing bonus points are a factor. But yeah. ultimately, just get the wins. And that's something we need to take from these next two games. We've just got to start accumulating momentum again. We'd got to four wins in a row. We looked great. We were playing some proper rugby with a great squad, with returning internationals. And we look like we're a force to be reckoned with that can challenge for the league. Get results in these next two games. Go into Europe and we will be sitting in the top four come that time. I bat the boys to do it. I bat them to do it. I think they took Gloucester in the same way as a catalyst, a catalyst to kind of bounce back, use that frustration, use that energy and put it into some good performances. We've got to do the same again now, haven't we? So this week away at Northampton, are you making many changes, small changes, wholesale changes in terms of who's playing? I'm picking the exact same team if they're all fit and I'm laying down the challenge to all of them to, to claim the shirt. I'm saying all jerseys are reset now. I don't think they are reset, really. I still think you're going to have Marcus Smith at 10, Alex Donbran at 8, etc. But I would say all the jerseys are reset. Like, we're back to pre-season at this point. We need to have a gruelling week this week, righting some wrongs. And then I think you hand 15 lads the starting shirts that had it against Saracens and say, you are now playing for this jersey next week, Friday night sale. You use Saints as a benchmark now. You, you give the lads the chance to right some wrongs and see how they cope because we've got a great squad. I don't think there's anyone really in our team apart from perhaps Andre Esterhazen, who is indispensable. And that's a bold claim because we've got the likes of Marcus. <laughs> but Jared Evans was going brilliantly. Yeah. And I wouldn't have a problem with Jared Evans playing 10 next week. Oh, don't play. Don't say we're going to start Marcus at 15, please. I can't no, with it. I wouldn't start Marcus at <laughs> 15. He's our fly half. But I'm saying to you, Marcus Smith, Friday night against Northampton, where there's been some ridiculous headlines in the media this week about how maybe England have been looking at the wrong Smith and actually it's Finn Smith is the future of the England 10 shirt. Absolute <laughs> Anyway, we'll see on Friday night. Use that, Marcus. Package that up. Take that onto the field with you. Go out in the 10 shirt and make sure you're wearing it every week from now on because Jared Evans is ready and waiting. I thought we looked better when he came on as well. Yeah. couple of injury concerns as well. Will Collier well, went Collier's off. Collier's an interesting one. What happens? He, I don't know. He's sort of clutching his chest a little bit. Maybe he just cracked the sternum or something like that. But he, he, went, he sort of was jogging off the pitch. It didn't look too bad. Will Porter took a little knock and went off not long afterwards. So I'm not sure about him. Are we likely to see Caden? You know, when is, we've not seen anything on the captain. Are we missing Steph at the minute? I know that Domers is, is, is incredible and has been you know, our our talisman and our leader for the last five, six, seven weeks. But, you know, are we missing the captain in there? I know that George Hammond's been brilliant, Launchbury's been good, but maybe it's just the the mental side of having a captain on the pitch. Are we going to see either of them two back? I thought Nick David struggled yesterday, so maybe if Caden is fit, I know I know he's close. Um is he gonna shift to the wing? Tyron Green maybe move move back to fullback. I think Nick I... David struggled in the last couple of weeks. I think, honestly, I think it's a psychological position we're in now. I think everybody is good enough on their day. I think you give the same 15 another chance if they're if they're all fit. If Collie is not fit, Dylan Lewis, ready-made replacement, Simon Kerrod comes onto the bench. Like I've, I've not got any worries there. I think I'd have, if Caden is back, me, that's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? He's one of those wingers that just give you confidence. 
Yeah, I feel more confident in getting a result with Caden Murley on the pitch because nine times out of ten, he will score a try. How, however, I wouldn't start him if he is back fit. I'd put him in the 23 shirt and I'd give these lads an opportunity because it's going to be eating away at them all week. When you have a loss like that, you just want to get back on the pitch. That can't be your last game of rugby in the back of your head. You've got to get out there and play another 80 minutes or at least get on the pitch. So I think I'd stick with the same team. Caden Murley wearing 23 and then I'd bring David off, put Murley on the wing and then put Tyrone Green back at 15. He's played his way into form now a bit, Tyrone Green. Let's let's slot him back in at 15 after, I don't know, 50 minutes and see how he gets on. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm just, I'm, I'm just trying to think of other other than a real change in mentality where the bounce back comes from next week that's the bit that i'm i'm struggling just to think about in the minute and yeah. you know northampton away last year i went it was it was a fairly poor day all round it rained we got absolutely battered it was new year's day so i was pretty hungover i'm hoping for a, a slightly that, isn't it so i'm hoping for a slightly better turnout on a on friday night from the boys but should we finish with some uh, some three word reviews Jim Walter, a better finish. Too little, too late, though, I reckon, Jim. Paul Edwards, totally outplayed. Max Allen, let's move on. Nicky Green, we go again. Dan Gollop, on to Northampton. Michael Watts, a lot to learn. Mike, we were pants. It's all fairly... A couple more more here as well, which also doom and gloom here. Williams, shocking, just shocking. Um... But there's one here I quite like, which is actually really worth talking about. Side Bolton, fireworks were okay. That That's a good one. Yeah, I actually think should, the club were brilliant. That's what I want to talk yeah. about. So thanks for mentioning that one, Si. I think the club was exceptional this weekend. I thought all the pre-match entertainment was brilliant. I thought the queue time for drinks and food was actually reasonable. I, th- I thought it was very good. I rocked up to the game half an hour before kickoff because obviously I had my game. Managed to get pool port bap a pint, see my mates, and get to my seat. Yeah, the pool port, the pool port bap is special, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. But also, I don't know if this is a new thing or whether I've just been oblivious to it this whole time. But there's um, there's like a portaloo out the back of the south stand now, like a a cabin kind of thing. I don't think that's been there before, but it really did reduce queue times for the toilet, which always helps. I mean, it's yeah, because you're normally waiting to go to the toilet until the end of the half and at that point you're desperate for the toilet as <laughs> everyone else so i thought that was a good little addition um the firework display amazing as always the light yeah, show special was wasn't it dj shaw states was good after the game i would have loved to have gone to the robshaw bar and, and been in there with a live band celebrating a big win but unfortunately it wasn't to be so i just went home but the club continue to set themselves up for success every single week and it's just a shame it wasn't mirrored on the pitch this week. But yeah, hats off to the the staff at the club. I thought they were great. And yeah. what match day that was. It's a shame we didn't get the pitch performance. But I'm very much looking forward to a, a sale Friday night game. They're my favourite ones. Sale on Friday night. And also that's a couple of weeks ago. We can't look too we can't look too far past what's happening this Friday night. Northampton have been a bit of up and down, so we won't talk about them in too much depth, but we really, really need a result. We really need a performance. We really need a bounce back. And like many people have pointed out on social media and things that we've been speaking about, Sarri's got humped in the first week down at Exeter and haven't let it define their season up to this point. Sale the same. We can't let it affect the outcome of the next month or so. We can't let one result against Sarri's define what we're going to be up until Christmas. We've got some massive games in the Premiership coming up now. We've got Northampton away, on a Friday night, we've then got sale at home. We have a little bit of a break for Europe. 
And then we're down in Bath with big game coming up in the, in the near future as well. So we've got so much that we have got to play for in this next, you know, busy six week period. The, the run into Christmas, the European bit, it's all massive, but it all starts away at Franklin's Gardens on Friday night. Yeah, I think it's going to be tough. You think about Franklin's Gardens away this time last year or New Year's Day. I think it was obviously after a, a disappointing defeat. There was a bit of a... That Bristol big game defeat that ended up being at the yeah. it is like we just capitulated from that point on, particularly yeah. after that game against Northampton, which followed the Bristol game. So this is our opportunity now to test our. Do you know what? That's a good point, actually. The 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 loss away at Northampton last year probably kickstarted us into a a woeful run of form, which well, it was up... probably the Bristol game before that, wasn't it? Maybe we Maybe. lost one at home against a side that we really wanted to beat and we should have beaten. And we've just had that again against Saracens. We've lost one at home, which we were as well prepared as we could have been and, and we got yeah. well beaten. And now we're going into Northampton away again. It's cut and paste of last year. Let's yeah. flip last year's result because uh, well, that was a humiliation and I've not seen a humiliation like that since the the John Kingston era and I suppose a little yeah. bit of Guzzy as well. I feel like this era, with the coaches we've got now, that's just not going to be permitted. So... Let's see how we get on. But Northampton are currently sixth in the table, one position below us. They played six. They're 50%. They've won three, lost three. They came away with nothing against Leicester last weekend. So they're going to be in a similar mindset to us. They've got a few wrongs to right. We can create a bit of a gap in the table now. We can split it into two. If we can get a win away at Northampton, we're then climbing up, hopefully, into sort of second or third nobody is is overtaking Northampton. Bristol are just below them on 11 points, so they can draw level. We can split the table into two here and we can position ourselves quite comfortably in that top half of the table. So there is a lot more at play and we can completely discard Saracens now and look at the league table. And this is an opportunity for us to, to cement ourselves in the top half and then gather some momentum into the latter stages of the competition when we turn into the new year. I'm looking forward to next week's podcast title being The Massacre in the Midlands. Nice. Okay, that's what, that's, what, that's, what, that's what we need. So copy and paste that into, into the chat now. We'll see if we can get that. See if we can get that. Get that working. Yeah, let's hope it is a massacre. I don't know if it works. If it's like a three point win, but I would take. <laughs> a win. Would you take a three point win, or do you want something more emphatic and statement? Uh, I need a five. As in, a, as in a five, as in a five point bonus point win. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, what I mean is, if we win, I don't know, thirty-one no. twenty-eight. No, I want, them, I want us to go there and stick forty on them. Put the sword to them. Yeah. Cool, yeah, me too. And Perfect. I think the lads will want that as well. Big time. Let's leave it at that. Let's let's keep it short and sweet this week. It was painful. We did it. You joined <laughs> so, us along the way. Thank you. Oh, so painful. Oh, so much, so much to look forward to, though. Come we've on. Laughed, we've cried. Yeah. Are you going to go to Saints on Friday night? Um, don't know. I might have a look at it because I, I've got a sour taste in my mouth. I need to know what Charlotte was playing proper rugby. Yeah, we'll see. I could do Friday night as well. I might look into it. They've got good pool port baps up in Northampton as well. All the more reason. <laughs> right. Well, let's just touch base in the week and see if we can go. If you're going to Northampton away on Friday night, let us know. Let's try and get a bit of a group together, make it a proper away day. The boys need us now. Don't lose faith. It's 80 minutes of a long, long season. Come on, the Quins. We're going to get back on the horse, go and get five points. And we're going to split the table into two. And then we're going to go into sale at home and we're going to make a statement. Come on, boys. Have a good week, everyone. Hopefully see you in Northampton.